Aaron's Radio Show. Very nice, very music, very cool. I like it. Coming to you almost live from Berkeley, California. It's Aaron's Radio Show, the podcast. With your host, Aaron Gobbler. Thanks, Jake. And welcome, everybody, to episode 27. You're listening to the podcast version of My Three Songs, a show where my guest provides three selections, and we talk about why those songs are meaningful to them. The podcast version features full interviews, but includes no licensed music. To enjoy the original version with music included, please visit our website, aaronsradio.show, where you can stream every episode. If you wish to be a guest on the show, Please complete the short survey on the My Three Songs page on our website. Now here's the show. Welcome to My Three Songs, where I play three special songs chosen by my guest, and we talk about why they chose each song. My guest today is Nadine Bean. Uh, Nadine, I must say, you're the first guest I've had that has a rhyming name. I'm sure you get told all the time, or it's pretty no, obvious I, to you. I've never heard that before. Really? That's <laughs> You know, but more seriously, you're the second guest on the show who I did not know personally prior to you signing up, and I want to thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, how Great. are you today? Good. I'm excited about this. Great. So if you don't mind, can you tell our listeners how you found out about the show? Um, one of my former work colleagues, Beth Shern, who is a friend of yours from way back, uh-huh. and um, who is a uh, friend of mine posted a link to her interview with you on my three songs and I listened to it and I was mesmerized and I almost immediately filled out the form and sent it in to you to be considered for guesting on the show. It's uh, it's inspiring to me that the show clicked with with you so quickly and that you wanted to be part of this. So that makes me feel really good. I really enjoy doing the show. I find it very rewarding. And it's additionally rewarding when others see merit in the show and, uh, and want to be part of it. So thank you so much again. So before we get started, can you tell me how music fits into your life? Like, do you seek it out? Uh, is it usually in the foreground or background of each day? Or where does it fit in your life? It's very much in the foreground and has been as far back as memory serves. Uh, even as a child, I was very, very moved by all types of music. Even as a very young child, when something moved me uh, musically, and it could be anything from the bluegrass that I heard from my paternal grandparents, who Myrtle and Henry Bean, who um, um, were living in West Virginia at, at the time, but then they moved to Ohio and to classical music, to even folkloric music that I heard from my Ukrainian immigrant grandmother, who I shared a room with, I would get goosebumps and the hairs on my arms would stand up mm. and I would get teary. It's just always been this way for me. And I love all kinds of music. Do you find that you're finding music on your own or do you find that you're getting recommendations from others for music? It's both. Yeah, it's both. For instance, I discovered a fairly new artist, Rhiannon Giddens, who is an African-American woman artist from North Carolina who has brought to the fore traditional songs from Appalachia and the Black roots mm -hmm. of those songs. 
I um, discovered her via a interview on NPR's Fresh Air mm-hmm. and loved it. So I immediately bought it. Alicia Keys, I discovered on a CBS interview, Okay, immediately went and bought her CD at the time. Uh, I sometimes see posts from friends. So I get recommendations. I'm moved by music via all kinds of venues. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. So take me back when you heard the Alicia Keys uh, interview. I'm just guessing you heard her perform. What do you feel? Do you feel something visceral when you're exposed to something that you hadn't heard before? Uh, It sparks something in you? Yes, very visceral. So I respond to it in all sorts of sensory Uh ways, uh, like I was saying, tactily, when I get the goosebumps and the hair stand up on my arms. So she was playing Falling, and I just thought she was amazing. Uh Do you seek out particular music to get you into a certain frame of mind? Uh, Yes. Um, So I do it both to perhaps calm me. Uh Music is very much a a part of my life in that way. I use it almost in a meditative way, certain types of music and things that I really love. I use it also to activate me. Uh-huh. So, yeah. for instance, uh, two of the songs that I chose today, I chose because of their connections to my very early social activism starting in my teens. Mm-hmm. And I still do that today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see a theme across the three songs uh, that you chose, and we can talk about that perhaps after we've listened to all three. The songs you chose were What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong from 1967, Amazing Grace, as covered by Judy Collins in 1970, and the song Ohio by Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, uh, and that was also from 1970. So I'm eager for both of us to listen to these songs together, and I'm really interested in knowing why each of them individually is meaningful to you, and then perhaps there's you know, the, again, there's some theme that's running through all three of these songs. So let's first take a listen to What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. Hello, podcast listener. To experience this episode with music included, please visit our website, aaronsradio.show, where you can stream all episodes. Nadine, this is such a beautiful song, especially in its uh, imagery, poetry, and positivity. These are things we really seem to need nowadays. Why did you choose to include this song? It is beautiful to me. In fact, when you were playing it, I got teary. Um, I remember when it came out, and I was only about 12 years old. Um, So now you know exactly how old I am. Okay, I'm not going to do the math, but I I get an idea. Okay. (laughs) So Louis Armstrong actually was a fixture on variety shows on television in the 60s. Okay. I remember hearing this and watching it with my parents and my grandmother, and I remember a collective gut reaction of how beautiful this was and hopeful because this is exactly when the Vietnam war was really mm-hmm. uh, ratcheting up. Yeah. And that war really what colored my life in 
middle school and high school and even my first year of college when it ended. My high school years were touched by the boys graduating, not asking them, where are you going to get a job or where are you going to go to school? But what is your draft number? Yeah. And some of the boys in my class or classes just above me or below me, some uh, in my neighborhood didn't come back Mm. or came back very changed. Yeah. And when I need to be uplifted and inspired, I listen to this song and we do need it now. Uh, We really do with the terrible racial and political divisions we have going on in this country. When you were listening to the song shortly after it came out, mm-hmm. you found it kind of like a respite or a, a way to kind of anchor you to the beauty and things. And, and yes. yeah. And now when you listen to it, do you still kind of have those feelings? Uh, or, or does it bring you back to those days where you really needed to hear the song? It's both. Yeah. It's both. We really need it now. We need it now. True. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Um, these songs that I chose, I'm also playing to my grandsons. When we still had CDs, I would play Louis Armstrong's greatest hits in my car constantly. Uh, and now I do it through a streaming service. And mm-hmm. I'll often choose to listen to this. Yeah. It underscores for me how the world is well, our material things or the earth things, and then the people and, you know, living beings, right? If we had a positive mindset and took in the wonders of the world, it would be, we could just make it a better world. And so for me, when I hear the song, it's, it's bittersweet because, uh, because you can see how a lot of the world, at least in my mind, sees things as competitions and not as uh, collaboration. Absolutely. Yeah. It also instills hope. And that actually is my mantra. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. As a, uh, a former social work professor, I always said to my students across my teaching career, first instill hope. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's that's really vital because if you don't have hope, then you don't create intention. And without intention, then yeah. that's where things fall apart. If everybody has some intention, at least uh, well, hopefully a good intention, we can move forward. I just purchased Jane Goodall's new book on hope mm-hmm. and I'm reading it. And uh, I, I just feel such a kindred spirit with her. Okay. It's almost as if this song plays in the back of my mind when I'm reading the book. Does she derive her feelings of hope from her? I mean, I'm guessing from all of her experience with primates and such, is that a kernel of it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And people Uh Uh in the world. And her premise is like you said, without hope, you really can't have intention or feel purpose Uh Uh driven. Yeah. Yeah. From hope springs action. Yes. Without hope, you become yeah. inactive. Yeah, no, that's very true. Uh, the The next song uh, on your list is "Amazing Grace" by Judy Collins, and this is, of course, a a very classic song. And let's take a listen to it, and we'll talk some more about it on the other side. Hello, podcast listener. To experience this episode with music included, please visit our website 
aaronsradio.show, where you can stream all episodes. Nadine, I imagine nearly everyone's heard some rendition of Amazing Grace. Um, I had never heard this version before. It's really touching, really, really beautiful. Uh, what inspired you to include this song on your list? Judy Collins' Wales and Nightingales album from 1970 is one of the very first albums I ever bought when I started working as a teen. Okay. There are so many cuts from this album I love, such as Farewell to Tarwathi, another traditional uh, piece, um, all of which move me deeply. But her cover of Amazing Grace, I think, is absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. And a couple of weeks ago, I fulfilled something on my bucket list. I saw Judy Collins live in person. Awesome. And she had just begun touring a short while ago, again, mm -hmm. for the first time since the pandemic. And she is 81 years old, or 82. And she finished with Amazing Grace. And I just jumped to my feet, as did most of the audience. Right. She invited us to sing along, and tears were just streaming mm -hmm. down my feet. Mm -hmm. This came out again um at the height of the um vietnam war protests uh right after and i i forgotten to mention when i talked about satchmo's what a wonderful world um his song came out then her work came out also at the height of the racial upheaval and riots mm. in many major cities mm -hmm including Cleveland, where I grew up. Okay. Again, this song instills hope to me. And of course, Amazing Grace has such a long and proud history. I just gravitated toward it. Again, it instills hope in me. Mm -hmm. In listening to her version and just thinking about the song in general, it is somebody who is very humble, uh, seeing hope, expressing belief that there's better things yes. and that the way the song ends it kind of peters out very softly kind of just the whole personality of it is very very humbling full of humility uh the way she the way she sings it um and the choir is subtle as well it's not a really in your face yes. uh kind of sound mm -hmm. yeah. and that's the way it was penned originally mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it is a timeless song. And thank you for for including this because I I don't think I've listened to renditions of the song by popular artists. The last song uh, in your list is "Ohio" by Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Let's give that a listen. Hello, podcast listener. To experience this episode with music included, please visit our website, AaronsRadio.show, where you can stream all episodes. Nadine, this is a relatively short song, but its message is so powerful. Um, you know, each time I hear it, I immediately reflect on the events and mindsets that continue to exist in our society today, decades and decades later, from when that song was was made, like fifty something years uh, since that song. A lot of that uh, angst and a lot of the issues uh, still exist. So, tell me specifically why you included this song on your list. Well, I was born and raised in Ohio. I'm born in Cleveland and raised right outside of Cleveland. 
And this is about the Kent State University shooting when there were three days of protests, peaceful Mm -hmm. protests about the continuing uh, Vietnam War. My father was a reporter for the Cleveland Plain Dealer, and he covered the riots and the shootings. This song, therefore, really Mm -hmm. haunts me. And Kent State was the beginning of my social activism. And when I began to participate in protest marches against the war in Vietnam and against racial injustice, and my father, I, I credit with my social awareness, he actually won some awards for his coverage of the Kent State shootings. And it was a very scary time. Mm-hmm. He was gone for a couple of days. And we knew, um, of course, we saw it play out on television, the shootings, and four students were killed, mm-hmm. and many more were injured. Yes. And the governor at the time in Ohio, and President Nixon ordered the National Guard in on I believe the second day of protests and they opened fire on the students on a hillside mm-hmm. in a kind of big central green part of the Kent State University campus. It really was a turning point for me. And just a couple of days ago, we had a white person take action against protesters Mm -hmm. in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and he was acquitted on all charges. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he killed two people and seriously wounded a third. And I just got a clutch in my throat as we were listening to this again, especially when I heard David Crosby at the very end, you hear him over the uh, instrumentals Mm -hmm. and the other harmonists, uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young saying, why? How many more? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I thought, oh my goodness, it's still continuing 51 years later. It can't continue forever. We just got to get it together yeah. in, in this country. But Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young was also uh, a, another group that propelled me into social activism. And of course, the Penn State shootings. Yeah. The theme or the undercurrent really is how to respond to protests. And in my mind, how a certain part of the population just wants things to not be messy, doesn't understand that in order for us to change sometimes there, there is, you know, there is messiness, there is protests, there is getting people outside of their, uh, their comfort zone or a little bit on edge. Yeah. And then the poignancy of what's transpiring now with these new era of protests and, uh, and how our country responds uh, to those or how our laws are set up in response to them. You know, I have heard Crosby say how many more, and uh, it was p- more poignant to me listening to it in a very quiet room here with my little my little earphone here to hear him say that. And I don't know if that was ad hoc or uh, ad libbed or whatever. Sure, when they recorded it, I'm not sure if it was uh, uh, ad lib, yeah. but sure to me, it's really the punctuation yeah. mark. It's really the exclamation yeah. mark at exclamation slash question mark at the very end that is really important yeah it's there's four dead but but he wouldn't be say why how many more because he knows that this is not this is not the beginning this is somewhere in the middle 
And, right. uh, and we're still kind of in that middle, I feel like. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, wow. Is there anything else you'd like to share about your selections now that we've gone through them? Uh, something about any one of the songs that you want to talk about? I didn't realize, but there certainly is a collective theme pointing out that our shared humanity and the senselessness of interpersonal violence from slavery to racial discrimination and oppression Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to the senselessness of war, which unfortunately disproportionately affects those of different racial and ethnic groups, um, black and brown people, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, Asian people, more than white people. Also that at least two of the three do instill hope. Right. (laughs) Uh, one other thought I had about Louis Armstrong and my love for him, which goes back decades. After Hurricane Katrina, I'm a American Red Cross Disaster Mental Health Services volunteer. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. After Hurricane Katrina, I volunteered in New Orleans. And I continued long after the Red Cross had pulled out. The Red Cross is a disaster response and relief mm-hmm. organization. We aren't a rebuilding organization. Mm-hmm. But I got involved with a new nonprofit rebuilding organization. And I took over a hundred students over a couple year period down to work with me in New Orleans, lower ninth ward um, to help in rebuilding. And, you know, Louis Armstrong is just synonymous with New Orleans. Uh, My love for him grew even more as are there are a number of artists that I absolutely adore from New Orleans. And I was able to see some in person when I was there taking a break from working and rebuilding. And it just strengthened my love for him. Um, And now I've discovered a new artist, John Baptiste, also from New Orleans that mm-hmm. and I just am finding him so much fun and full of hope. And he does a cover of What a Wonderful World and okay. a cover of Ohio. Oh, okay. I play John Baptiste for my uh, grandchildren. I feel very, very connected to New Orleans, the people, the music, the tradition, uh-huh, uh-huh. and very moved by them. Yeah. I mean, I know John Baptiste from uh, Stephen Colbert's late night television show, and uh, and I've heard some of his songs, but I didn't know that he he did the covers like you just had described. That I I've got to go check them out. Check out yeah. the latest album. Yeah. So good. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm very interested in hearing his rendition of Ohio. Well, I'd like to thank you again, Nadine. This was a very moving conversation. I feel like we touched on a number of themes. And there was a lot of poignancy in each of your music selections. Thank you. I agree. I agree that it was very poignant. I'm almost exhausted from being moved. But at least two of the three selections were hopeful. Uh-huh. And, and the third one makes us examine our history and what's going on right yeah. now. Yeah. And how and maybe we can still find hope so that we're moved to activism. Yes, I, I agree completely. Yes, and, and thank you for taking time again to put together your list and, and sharing your thoughts on the show. Sure, thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. To my listeners, 
If you want to be part of the show, start by going to our website, aaronsradio.show, and clicking on the My Three Songs button on the homepage. You can also sign up for our mailing list so you'll know immediately when a new episode is available. And you can now also find Aaron's Radio Show on your favorite podcast service. The podcast includes only the interviews and no licensed music. So if you want to hear the music parts, then you need to stream it from the website. Until next time, keep your ears and mind open and let more music into your world. You're listening to Aaron's Radio Show.